Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Thursday. It is uh, February 9th. Yesterday was a little bit of a recoup day down. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us here in just a minute. Before we do, though, don't forget, for Retirement Design, where we help you design the retirement you always dreamed of by making sure the risk you have is where it should be. Give us a call, 863-382-0037. We've got Dave coming up next. that could have been written by artificial intelligence. Nah, AI'd probably do it better. That's the B-52s. I'm Morning Dave. We're at 842. It's time to check in and see what's going on with your money on Wall Street today. On the telephone is Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. I, I really hope artificial intelligence would do better than that lyric, wouldn't you? I, I would hope so. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that there was probably no intelligence in that lyrics. That's kind of my reaction, exactly. <laughs> I bring that up because my favorite quote of the day is Morgan Stanley is trying to get a hold of the curve. They said, those meme stocks, just a fad. Cannabis stocks, just a fad. But boy, you ought to go all in on artificial intelligence because Morgan Stanley says that's the real deal. I am just keep wondering... How many people are going to lose their shirt off of that advice trying to get ahead of the curve? Well, let's face it. The big guys are playing with it. I mean, those are the guys that are going to do it. you got Google playing with it, putting it out there. you got Microsoft putting it out there as part of their browser. So, you know, those guys are going to be out there. And uh, AI is that, but it's not going to take away all of our decision-making. Well, unless, of course, you're a high school kid using ChatGBT to do your uh, to do your term paper, which is going to be a little bit of an interesting process. Because my word is, I gather it can do a halfway decent job. It seems to be. I had a friend of mine that asked it a question and, and a process, and it came back with an answer that was really, really good. <laughs> You'd almost <laughs> think there was flesh and blood on the other side of that line. And it's a darn machine talking to you. Other news coming out this morning. The immediate news is our uh, Thursday government data dump, first-time unemployment claims. And uh, given the fact that the index has kind of jumped a little bit when they got it, evidently they're happy to see people get canned. Initial jobless claims actually went up a little bit last week. i got to say it still isn't a uh, big number, up by 13,000, 196,000 first-time claims. My hunch is it's going to be a little while before we're going to have enough people on unemployment to make the Federal Reserve happy. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, we've just seen such a low rate. We've seen so many people leave the employment front altogether that, it, you know, it's, it's tough right now. Employment's tight. And so it's going to take a lot, I think, to get us to what the Fed wants us to be at. And, and we're not seeing big numbers of layoffs. I mean, we're seeing companies laying off, but not in the you know, the 20s and 30,000s, you know, it's seven here, it's 10 there, it's 200 here, but, but, but there are layoffs and they're not across the board, right? They're, they seem to be really big in the tech area right now. It seems to be where most of the layoffs are coming from. 
Um, one of my tip sheets kind of went off onto that tangent this morning. I was reading through it, and it, it was a term that I used after the 80 recession, uh, where we started seeing different sectors going through down ticks in phase. Once one recovers, another one starts going down. Uh, they were using the phrase, a rolling recession seems to be what's happening right now. We've got a recession going on in the tech business because they're laying off people like crazy. Uh, other sectors, housing looks like it's dipping into a recession session based upon the numbers we're seeing. But, uh, you know, when we're keeping unemployment at a 3.4% unemployment rate, uh, at this moment anyway, we certainly aren't in a, a nationwide recession yet. We're just looking at different sectors having difficulties, and maybe my old 1980s term might be worth resurrecting again, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, at least that's what we're seeing right now. Now, whether or not they'll all kind of you know, eventually come together in the same direction is yet to be seen. And and we don't know. I mean, and the same things kind of happen to stock prices, right? I mean, the FANG stocks have gotten beat up really, really bad um, this year. And so what does that mean down the road? Or will they bounce back quicker as the other stocks maybe start to fall off? I mean, there's a lot of unknowns out there right now. Absolutely. I'm, I'm way too early for me to go out on a limb and say we're seeing the 80s in a rolling recession over again. But it's an interesting concept, at the very least, and the seeds of the concept appear to be taking some root anyway. And if the whole economy goes to heck in a handbasket, like a lot of us are afraid it's going to be as the interest rates begin taking hold, we'll uh, end up feeling it. Uh, other tidbits out this morning that I found fascinating, uh, CVS already bought Aetna, so they've already got a drugstore and they've got an insurance company. What's missing in the equation? Well, what the heck? Let's buy a doctor. So CVS announced that they're uh, buying a primary Medicare practice with a big base of operations. So now it's going to be kind of one-stop shopping. Get the cure, get the checkup, get the prescription, and get the payment all in one stop. Yeah, that's, uh, well, you know, one-stop shop, that's, uh, it, it's, uh, we'll see if that really works out for them. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. The one thing it does do in CVS's ongoing war of the Titans with Walgreens, Walgreens buys LabCorp in order to uh, put testing in-house with them. CVS is always kind of staying one step ahead in that race, adding one more thing that they can do. And uh, the more they buy, the more they exclude Walgreens from it. So it gets a little bit more interesting at every turn. It, it does. And so it's, you know, I've always looked at, yeah, there's a convenience, right, to being able to do everything kind of at one place. And uh, and so we'll see if that works in the medical field as well as it works in some other industries. Yeah, that, that was my first reaction. I mean, okay, commodity-wise, one-stop shopping is nice. I do a lot more shopping than I probably would like to at the big box discount store because I can get a new package of skivvies at the same time I do my grocery shopping. But at the same time, when I get to my medical stuff, I'm a little bit more sensitive. That choice of doctor is a little bit more personal. Whether or not I want to do all of that in-house, I'm not 100% sure, but it's an interesting business plan anyway. It is. And, and you and I are like that. We want to pick our doctor, but you'd be surprised how many people just go to the, to the out, outpatient clinic, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, it just amazes me how many people just show up at a clinic and, and don't really care or have no preference over uh, an actual doctor. 
I, I, I realize yeah, it's a commodity for some. I, you know, for me, I think you and I are in the same boat. The first time I ever saw a doc in a box urgent care clinic was the Sunday afternoon that I tested positive for COVID, and I didn't want to wait for Monday, so I ran down to the dock in a box, and I got the prescription for the antivirals that I figured would make the problem go away. But that's the first time I'd ever done that, and I know there are people that just look for the nearest dock in a box and have absolutely no brand loyalty to a single practice, so maybe there's something there that I didn't, uh, that I don't see in my own personal behavior, but it's an interesting concept anyway. And like I said, in the war with Walgreens, uh, CVS keeps keeping as much captive market as possible. I mean, Edna, Edna, I would assume, has probably not got Walgreens on their preferred provider list. I ended up signing up for a new Medicare supplement that includes CVS and doesn't include uh, Walgreens. And now we got doctors in-house as well, and CVS pharmacists more than happy to dole out the pills. Uh, why go anyplace else for at least a modest-sized segment of the population? Yeah, that's right. That'll be it. It'll see. Uh, we'll see if they can be successful with it intriguing. That's pretty much my level of headlines. It ended up being kind of a down day on Wall Street yesterday. The Dow was down 208. Uh, the NASDAQ was off 203, and the S&P was kind of in the middle, down 46. Today, absent a lot of really big headline news coming out, I'm assuming we're going to be driven by the stocks and their reports. And after the close last night, the big stock report that came out was Disney, who decided to participate in the unemployment rate, I gather. They did. And so Disney came out and they really had a better than expected earnings report, um, you know, and, and probably one of their big highlights in terms of looking at the last quarter was a smaller than expected drop in subscribers you know, to their Disney Plus network. So so that was good. And on top of beating the top and bottom line. So and then, of course, last quarter or, or you know, it was last quarter, November. Uh, we had Bob Iger come back in and start running Disney. So um, we got a new leader in there. And so that's been good. So he's come out and announced, yeah, we're going to slash some jobs. We're going to cut 7,000 jobs um, across the board and so and restructure. And I find this interesting because we're going to restructure Disney into three different divisions now. Uh, we're going to take Disney uh, and we're going to have something called the Disney Entertainment Network, which is going to be their Disney streaming and their media operations and entertainment stuff. We're going to have the ESPN division, which will be their, obviously all their networks and their ESPN streaming. And then they'll have a division called parks and experiences. That'll include obviously all their theme parks and, and stuff um, like that. I'm assuming the, the cruises will probably end up under that division as well. Um, and I think the, the traders like the fact that they have plans to cut $5.5 billion in cost. Um, and, and about $3 billion of that is going to come from content savings. So, so a lot of good news coming out of Disney uh, today. And, and so that's got them moving up about 5.6% this morning. That ain't bad at all. I know they jumped as much as 8% post-market on the futures after the report came out. So looks like Disney's going to uh, lead some of the blue chip numbers when they open up this morning at 9.30. What else have we got as far as earnings? So we got a lot of um, hotel chains kind of reported. Uh, so let's start off with Hilton. Uh, they reported a fourth quarter earnings of $1.59. Uh, uh, Opposed to $1.22 that was expected, revenue was a top of forecast as well. And so we see them this morning up 
almost 1.2% this morning. And let's just kind of stay with the whole hotel deal right now because we've got um, Wynn Resorts reported their hotel and casino operator. And they, uh, they reported over a billion dollars in the fourth quarter, uh, better than the 958 expected. And so, uh, a matter of fact, uh, it, it's funny because uh, Jeffries, one of the firms that kind of analyzes companies, that said Vegas is starting to sizzle. Uh, <laughs> so we got Just in what, advance of spring. What a notion. That's right, man. So we've got Wynn Resorts up 5.4%, Dave, and it will actually open this morning at a new 52-week high. Cool. You know, that, and this is good news for the economy as a whole, because if you wanted to find luxury and uh, high-end lodging operations like that, that indicates disposable income available. So macro-wise, it's relatively good news for the economy as a whole as well. That's right. That just shows that people are still spending money, at least those that have it are. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have MGM Resorts, another casino operator and, and resort provider. Um, they beat the fourth quarter as well and uh, and did and did extremely well, almost beat by 20 cents a share. And so we've got MGM up almost 6.7% this morning. So, so the travel industry seems to have had a really good quarter um, last quarter. And now we've got a couple other things to kind of weave in between all those things. Tapestry, which is the, uh, the uh, home company of... Uh, Kate Spade and other retail establishments as that, um, they beat as well, had a good quarter. Um, and they were up as much as 10% earlier this morning. Down now, they're, they're up about 8.7%. And they are bumping their nose on a new 52-week high as well. Again, high-end retail, another indicator for disposable income in at least some sectors, be it out there. Yeah, it is. Now, we got a couple, um, you know, uh, downers here. We got Credit Suisse. Uh, they reported their fourth quarter and they had an annual loss that missed expectations. So, uh, and, and, and not on, not only that, Dave, they come out and said, expect another substantial full year loss in 2023. So we've got, uh, how in the heck can a Swiss bank lose money? Yeah, I don't know, but they're down 7% this morning. Uh, geez. And you can get Credit Suisse pretty doggone cheap right now, $3.33 a share. Somebody screwed up there. <laughs> it it kind of a- reminds me of Citibank when Citi went in the doldrums back in 2008 when it was uh-huh. trading. I think I remember it trading for less than a dollar at one point. Oh, Lord. Yeah, Bank of America was in that same class, but I gave them credit for getting indigestion after eating Merrill Lynch, so I kind of wrote that <laughs> off. But, yeah, there, there are those swings down there. Got time for one more. What do you figure right, our best so, bellwether is? So this one's a firm, which, remember, they teamed up with Amazon, and they became the, the buy now, pay later company, and mm-hmm. uh, and they missed they, they missed on revenue. They missed on earnings. They're going to lay off 19% of their workforce. They got downgraded by RBC. A lot of bad things. They're trading down today 15%. I was about to say that I saw my big loser at 8%. Evidently, there's one that's bigger that just didn't make my list. <laughs> Resetting the table. Down day yesterday on Wall Street, 45 minutes before we open. You mentioned that looked pretty green. Does it still look green as we look at it right now? 
It does, and I think the Dow probably is being helped extensively by uh, by, by both Pepsi, which we didn't talk about, and Disney this morning. Uh, the Dow is up seven tenths of a percent. That's almost two hundred and forty dollars. Uh, the S and P five hundred is right there with them, up nine tenths of a percent to thirty seven dollars. And the Nasdaq one hundred is up one point four percent. That's almost one hundred and seventy five dollars. So everything's looking good on that front. On the other front, we're looking all right too. Silver's up about three tenths of a percent. Still can't get to twenty three. It's at twenty two dollars and forty eight cents an ounce. Gold is uh, up a half a percent right now. It's 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 bumping its nose right at nineteen hundred right now, but it uh, it keeps going down and up. So it, it's uh, moving around that nineteen hundred number. Crude oil is down from its close yesterday about eight tenths of a percent to seventy seven dollars and eighty one cents. I think that's probably about where it was yesterday when we talked. I think it might be a little up from yesterday, but I still don't like how close it's getting to eighty anymore. Overseas markets, we were uh, mixed on uh, the Asian rim, but mostly the Chinese and Hong Kong markets were up markedly at the close early this morning. Europe is up, some cases in the case of Great Britain, fractionally in the case of Germany and France, by over a percent midway through their day. Your retirement's important. That deserves a plan so you know you can count on doing what you want to do after you retire. I need a plan, Philip. How do I find you to get that put together? You know, you're exactly right. I just read an article that said that one of the four things that the retirees wish they'd have done more of is save more money for retirement. Hey, we developed our core retirement design just for that, to help people plan the retirement they always dreamed of to make sure that they can do what they want to do in retirement. Give us a call, 863-382-0037. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. to noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And one more time for the week tomorrow morning, same time on light. Philip, you have a good day. I appreciate it. All right, my man. We'll be back and see you tomorrow. Take care. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope your week has been going well. The market's up, market's down. You need to be prepared the closer you get to retirement. Again, give us a call, 30-minute phone call. Ask your questions. See if you're on the right track. 382-0037. Have a great day. Join us tomorrow. Bye now.